the last thing each day is to set an alarm for the first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR. Renee, this is one of the craziest storm forecasts that I've seen in a while. I mean, it's constantly changing. The The snowfall totals all are all over the place. They keep adding. Uh, they keep adding and subtracting counties from the uh, from the watch itself. I mean, it, it's changed in the past twenty minutes. They've now added Macomb County, Oakland County. Um, yeah, I believe the only the only county that's not involved in this, I think, is Wayne. And and I'm looking at the snowfall uh, projections on click on Detroit.com, and there's a little slow, uh, swath around Monroe where it's 1.2 inches of snow, and then you kind of go out in like southeastern Wayne County is two to four. And then, then as you go out further, it's four to six, six to eight. So you might be getting one inch. You might be getting more than eight inches, depending on where you're listening to us from. And I have three birthday parties to go to this weekend. So. Oh, lucky you. Sounds like a great (laughs) excuse to cancel. I know, right? I'll be there with an asterisk. Yeah. You know, maybe you can do like a Zoom thing or something. Right. All right. Well, you know, drive safe because... Um, this is this is one of the times of the year that uh, no disrespect to your your Adamses, your your Barrises, your your Lutermans, your Rex Ross, but I, I really root for them to be wrong here. Yeah, I, I here's hoping. I, I just don't want to get out there and shovel. I and know. by me, I mean my husband. <laughs> you don't want to get on his case to go out and shovel, right? You know well, you what we have- need. I, I look forward to and miss. Al Allen out there on the overpasses. Right. It's kind of like Kevin <laughs> Dietz on the roof right. back on Channel 4. What was that, Jace? I was going to say, that's why you got you to do condo living like me. I don't uh, touch the snow. I just I watch know. from the window with a I cup know. of coffee. You think we could convince Kevin Dietz for old times? I'll go out there with my iPhone and watch. <laughs> you know what? We talk about it a lot. I think if we had a key, uh, Kevin would be up there. I'll uh, buy him a, a beer often. somewhere. Yeah, right. I'm sure we can work something. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I and and here's the thing, um, the one of the big concerns is that it's going to start snowing, then it's going to turn to rain, and then the temperatures are going to drop, and then there's going to be a heavy wind, which could wreak havoc on our power lines. Well, so. yeah, because Sunday we're going to see a high of only 17, and that wind that really yeah. brings the wind chills down. So yeah. Um, I, I that song "Let It Snow," where they're like, "As long as you love me, so as long as my power holds." Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, so overnight, two, uh, I'm sorry, one police officer and two suspects, they were shot inside an apartment building on Detroit's west side. This is from Click on Detroit. It just kind of broke. Uh, they were responding to a suppressed shot spotter run, which according to Chief Wright means that uh, they uh, uh, shot spotter technology, it picked up um, live rounds of ammo likely coming from inside the dwelling when the officers got on the scene they exchanged gunfire with two uh suspects two suspects were shot the police officer was shot three times in the upper chest the good news he was awake and alert and he was taken to the hospital so hopefully uh he makes a full speedy recovery it sounds like he's in surgery or coming out of surgery now so hopefully we'll get an update soon yeah because when you hear shot twice in the upper chest that sounds really bad so um, and I, I, I believe over the summer there was another uh, police involved shooting. I don't remember if the police officer was shot, but same thing. Shot spot. It's got to be. It's got to be scary going up to a, an apartment building where, you know, whoever's inside has the has the advantage, and, and you're kind of just going in the situation blind, knowing there may or may not be um, 
um, gunfire inside. That technology is pretty amazing, what they can learn from that. And it sounds like it's worked. I mean, um, a couple weeks ago, we got word that homicides were down in Detroit in 2023 um, to to their lowest level since like the 60s. So it sounds like it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, the United States and British militaries, they've launched a large retaliatory attack against the Iranian-backed Houthi rebels, this time in Yemen via an airstrike with Tomahawk missiles and fighter jets targeting over a dozen sites, including logistical hubs, air defense systems, and a weapons storage location. The United States and a number of other partner nations, they issued the uh, a final warning to the Houthi rebels to stop targeting commercial ships in the Red Sea, or face potential military action. Um, this does inch us closer to a direct conflict with Iran, uh, which, as everyone thought, was the worst-case scenario when the, the Israel-Hamas war started. But something had to be done. I mean, this is one of the biggest commercial shipping channels in the world, and... Um, it's not only going to have massive repercussions on our economy and the price of goods, but, but you know, the, these these commercial ships, they're not military ships. Right. This affects everyone, literally everyone in the world. Right. Because now, instead of just cutting through the Red Sea, they have to go all the way down around the entire continent of Africa, which adds like 10 days to the trip. Um, on top of that, when they're firing on commercial ships, these are civilians uh, they're innocent bystanders. Yep. And even if they escape the gunfire, that's a much more treacherous, dangerous trip around the uh, uh, around the southern coast of, of Africa and back up than just cutting through the Red Sea. So, um, so yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully that um, sends a message. But I have a feeling that uh, we're just seeing the beginning of this in South Africa has officially filed genocide charges against Israel in the U.N. High Court as the trial got underway. Some good news um, for Selfridge back here at home, Renee. Yeah, this is awesome. Selfridge Air National Guard Base will host a new squadron of KC-46A refueling tankers from the Air Force. The base will replace the aging squadron of KC-135s, and they will go from 8 KC-135s to 12 KC-46As, which means more personnel at the base as well. U.S. Senator Gary Peters said that this is the new state-of-the-art aircraft. It has greater capabilities, advanced technology, and it's more survivable. Uh, Peters went on to say that this is an aircraft that's going to be flying for the aircraft for 50 years. Peters said that he and the Michigan congressional delegation have been working with the Air Force to get a new squadron at Selfridge and that Michigan is one of 10 states that were working to get one of two squadrons. It's not clear when the aircraft will arrive at Selfridge. And this is great news because, um, you know, Renee, you're from that side of town. I grew up on that side of town. My my mom still lives there. I, st- I still spend a lot of time over in Macomb County. And this is such a sigh of relief for that area. Yeah, I worked literally right next door at Macray Harbor. Uh, they are next door neighbors. And it's so good for that area. The businesses thrive from that base. Uh, in yeah, it's so a many ways. Area. It really is. And uh, it was one of the perks of the job, not only to work right on the lake, but on a beautiful day to watch them do, uh, you know, practice, to, to watch them fly runs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. So, and to watch those planes, the air traffic coming in and out of there, it was very exciting. So, so I, I'm a little envious of uh, <laughs> the people in that area. It's going to be exciting to watch those coming in and out of that area. So, yeah. very cool.
And the, uh, you know, Selfridge has been trying to get a new aircraft over there for, for a number of years. I can remember at least two different occasions, yeah. and there's probably more, uh, because uh, the, the future of Selfridge was in question. Once the, the, this current fleet of aircraft phases out, they had, they had nothing behind it. So, um, you know, people were worried that the, the, the air base would shut down. Um, like we said, in Macomb County, there's a couple of boom areas. Like there's there's by what I call Lakeside Mall, which is yep. going away soon. Right. Uh, Mall that, Road over yeah, there. Yep. And then up by Partridge Creek. And then you go out at like uh, 26 Mile and Van Dyke. But this is an uh, 23 in, in Gratiot as well. But this is also a boom area as you well. North River Road, which there's a lot of little businesses nestled along there. A lot of restaurants. There's an industrial area. So, that you know, those businesses struggle because it's such a seasonal area. So all those little businesses, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see an influx with the people that are going to be needed to maintain those, yeah. those uh, you know, those planes. Right. Or at, le- at the very least, m- maintain the momentum that, that, you know, that area has, has been enjoying right. over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, first he was allowed to, then he wasn't, and then he was allowed to again. And he did. I'm talking about Donald Trump giving closing arguments at a civil fraud trial in New York where the former president, he's accused of inflating his net worth to defraud banks and investors into giving him money. The former president, he spoke for five minutes. He went off on the judge. Um, He went off on New York Attorney General Letitia James before the judge shut him down and told Trump's lawyer to control her client. Donald Trump faces a $370 million fine and the corporate death penalty if the judge finds him guilty. And and that judge had like a a, a bomb threat uh, against him yesterday before the closing arguments. Yeah, at his home in New York. Um, it, what's crazy about this is that that wasn't the only type of... Uh, bomb threat well actually there was other there was a swatting incident at his house mm. uh, nothing was found at that location uh, the false report comes days after there was a fake emergency call reporting a shooting at the home of the judge overseeing trump's capital attack criminal case in washington dc the two incidents you know follow right. a string of similar false reports at the homes of public officials in in recent days so and, and sw- right and swatting is when like you call call the police to somebody's house right, right? mm-hmm like, hey, you know, Renee's house, there's, you know, a shooting or something. Yep. You need to go over there. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm sure the police, they, they, they roll up and they've got their guns drawn and it's probably terrifying. Like SWAT team. Right. <laughs> oh, all right. I, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of the country, Hunter Biden, he was in an L.A. courtroom. Not quite as dramatic as Wednesday's appearance in the halls of Congress. Uh, but the president's son, he pled not guilty to nine tax charges. Three felonies, uh, which could get him 17 years in prison. Uh, he's accused of not paying over $1.5 million in taxes between 2016 and 2019. All right, we got to take a quick break. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. Well, and there it is. Wayne County has now been added to the winter weather advisory. So I guess that makes it the entire area now, Renee. It's official. It's getting real. And, right. And, and it shifted from... Uh, Friday morning through Saturday morning. Now it starts at 1 p.m. this afternoon and then goes till 7 p.m. tomorrow. So, um, but these things seem to shift, you know, the the, the timing and everything. Uh, so hopefully this this shifts north and kind of glances us, but but we'll see. Um, yesterday, Sam Laporta he took some reps and practices. He saw 
Uh, I saw a little bit of a locker room interview yesterday. He really looked like a guy who wants to play, so we'll see if he's ready to go on Sunday. Um, in the meantime, Rams coach Sean McVay acknowledged the crap way that jo- Jared Goff was treated on his way out of town. Um, and, and look, Sean McVay, he, he's saying that Jared Goff didn't deserve to have things go down the way they, they did on his way out of town. And he's absolutely right. But do not listen to him, Jared Goff. Stay mad. <laughs> he's messing are with you, us. Are you being the supportive BFF? No, you know what, Jared? I mean, you know what Sean McVay is doing with his barrel chest and jawline made of granite? <laughs> he's trying to take the edge off of Jared Goff because, you know, now he's coming out and apologizing, hoping that, that Jared Goff won't play with that little edge. Don't love bomb a Sean McVay. Are you saying this with a glass of rosé in your hand? <laughs> Are we brunching right now? Yo, I'm crawling back to uh, Sean McVay. <laughs> I'm over you. Don't listen to him, girl. <laughs> I don't care if you smell like musky cedar wood. He's Get not good here. for you, girl. Don't listen to him. Yeah, but yeah, of, of, don't of co- don't take his text messages. Block his number. Here's the thing: this guy, he almost harpooned Jared Goff's career. He threw him on the scrap heap. He had the whole league believing that Jared Goff was washed up. He had us as a fan base believing that Jared Goff was just a, uh, an obligation we had to take on to get those draft picks and offload Matt Stafford's contract. He made us believe that Jared Goff was just a bridge when he turned out to be the dude. Get out of here, Sean McVay, and stay mad, Jared Goff. <laughs> you can tell I'm still mad for him. See that. With, with his perfectly trimmed beard. Yeah, just get out of here. We don't need it. I love you, girls. Yeah, you guys are my best friends. I don't know what I'd do without you. And you know who else I'm mad at, Renee? Who? The NFL, the no fun league. Uh, you know what? This is legit. What? Oh, gosh, they don't let anybody have a good time, do they? Not, not without, uh, not without paying up first. I swear. So I woke up this morning. You know, one of the first things I do is make sure the world didn't come to an end, and then then I log on to <laughs> Facebook. Check. Uh huh. And so I woke up on Facebook to this post from the Imagine Theater. It said, "Imagine playoff viewing party. Important announcement at the request of the NFL. Imagine is prohibited from hosting its planned viewing party at our locations. We apologize to our guests." Yeah, well, and then and then you got Jeff Glover, who I thought had a really great idea. Yeah, so he had the idea of the Lion Jersey Exchange, right? Because the Stafford, there's that call for a Matthew Stafford jersey band. So he came up, he came up with this idea, which which kind of helped out a lot of people and 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 got his name out there too. Yeah, so he said, bring in your Stafford jersey. He would exchange it with an active Detroit Lions player jersey. Then he was going to take those Stafford jerseys and send them to uh, shelters, homeless shelters out in L.A. How cool is that, right? Yeah. So then I see a post from him. Lion Jersey Exchange, important announcement. At the request of the NFL, Glover Agency is prohibited from hosting the Lion Jersey Exchange at this time. We hope to get back to you with a rescheduled date soon. Our sincerest apologies, Glover Agency. And, what? Right. The and, heck? Well, this is why they call them the No Fun League, right? Because, um, and, and every year, you know, in our business, we always have to review the guidelines for how for, for how we can use the word 
Super Bowl. Did you ever notice the, Mike, the laminated poster in our production studio? It's there permanently. Right. And, and so here's the thing. You know, the NFL... Um, they, they, they keep things under lock and key and you cannot use any of their trademarked properties, uh, to profit or to promote yourself unless you pay, unless you pay ahead of time. So like we are, we're always told that you can talk about the Super Bowl if you're talking about it, but you can't use it to like promote, like we can't say, Hey, come to. Mike and Renee's Super Bowl party, uh, $5 cover. That would get a, us a cease and desist at the at the very least. And so, and, and and I feel like Imagine was doing this because they weren't calling it the Lions game. They called it the, the Detroit-Los Angeles game. Uh, they weren't charging anything for it. No, but they were going to make money on the concessions. Right, and they were promoting themselves. And, and, and I mean, here's the thing, too. With, with Jeff Glover... I would imagine he probably paid for those jerseys. So it's not like the it's not like the NFL wasn't making mon- any money off this. No, but he was making essentially he could have made money on the promotion that he was receiving. We're right. talking about Jeff Glover on the air. Right. Right? Hey, I need some real estate services. Hey, that Jeff Glover guy. Yeah. <laughs> right? They, they were afraid that uh Jeff Glover was going to um use his uh use this for us to promote his business, 855-JEFF-SELLS. If you need a house, call 855-JEFF-SELLS on the NFL. Just could not uh, bear that without them getting a little cut of the action. Right. So That's unfortunate because a, a lot of people, because how many jerseys did he buy? I think it was more than, was it 1,000? Something yeah. like that? Yeah, and those jerseys aren't cheap. So, uh, I mean, uh, jerseys run anywhere from, what, like 50 to to $100? So yeah, the, at least. Uh, the NFL made a pretty nice chunk of change off that. They should right. have let that go. And let's not forget what he was going to do with those old jerseys. He was going to donate them to a homeless shelter in L.A. Right. So, say, sorry, homeless shelters yeah, in L.A. You're out of luck. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, too. There's something to be said about experiences and memories strengthening your loyalty to a brand i mean if you're if like like we were talking about yesterday we were talking about how much fun it seemed like it, it would be to go to the imagine theater and watch uh, a lions playoff game on the big screen a nice family experience right and so that, they, that we can't do now right <laughs> and, and so if you're a kid and your dad takes you to that you're and you have a great time well now you're a lions fan and now you're an nfl fan for life and and they're going to make their money off you over the course of your lifetime, right? And 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 so I think there was a missed opportunity there. But well, I wonder if the if they were they could have charged like maybe five bucks a head, and I think people would have still done that. Maybe the NFL would have been okay with that if they got a piece of that. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, you guys were telling us about some of the uh, challenges that the NFL kind of through through your way. Back in past jobs that you worked at at bars and and and, and banquet and event centers and stuff too, yeah. um, you know why does it why does the NFL say okay you can do this but you know just give us fifteen percent when it's done? Well, and we always we were always like why in the world do they black out the game if it's not sold out here locally? That right. just which doesn't make a, sense. Which you was know? the stupidest thing? I yeah. wonder if their tune would have been different if Imagine said you know we're going to do this in all proceeds if they would have charged an admission. And all proceeds, 100% from concessions, and everything was going to a charity. Uh, apparently not, because that didn't work for Jeff Glover. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. but he was still self-promoting. I don't know. That's yeah, true. that's true. No. Yeah, I don't All right. Know. All right. Hey, the no fun league strikes again. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of uh, big events here in the city, um, we're getting some news about the auto show making a change again. Yeah, they announced that it's going to return to its roots with a January 2025 debut. The next auto show will be on Friday, January 10th. 2025 through Monday, January 14th inside Huntington Place in downtown Detroit. The event will be returning to the month that we were used to having it before the pandemic forced a move to summertime. Uh, The charity preview will be on Friday, January 10th and public days will be on Saturday, January 11th through Monday, January 20th, concluding on MLK Day. Organizers of the show release a statement about the move back to the beginning of the year that reads in part, the Detroit Auto Show is pleased to announce the iconic Iconic show will return to its roots with a January 2025 debut. Our primary goal is to create an impactful auto show and showcase our great city and industry. After discussions with numerous partners, we believe a January date is absolutely, absolutely makes the most sense in a uh, constantly changing global automotive landscape. This update reflects our efforts to continue to reimagine the Detroit Auto Show with keeping an eye on what matters most, getting people excited about cars yeah and i think uh on top of the pandemic i think they also moved it to uh september it's late september right or early september yeah anyway they they moved it to september because um the place guy has been all week the consumers electronic show it was it was um at the same time and it was outdrawing the auto show here well, and you know, I think part of it too is that is such a busy time right. of the year. Yes, you know, people are getting back into their routines from summer. Uh, it, it, you know, kids got their their back to school routines, or they're trying to get in their last minute vacations. It, it's tough. I know that it, it. This is the time of the year where you're look, looking for something to do. As opposed to that time of the year, I don't think I'd be able to get out there. What I did like is they were able to space things out a little more. So you were able to check out more exhibits and they could do more interactive events with driving the cars around. But other than that, believe it or not, even though you're freezing your butt off for charity preview Mm -hmm. and as a girl wearing those dresses, I, I didn't love that part of it. Same. (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, but I did, I, I kind of like it in January better. Me too. And, and I'm not a huge auto show guy. Um, I didn't make it out. I, I actually thought the idea of a warm weather auto show was kind of cool. And I do wish that I made it down there. But I did like the January auto show because, like you said, in, in September, you know, you got you got football starting up. You got kids' sports. You got the cider mills. I mean, there's so much to do in the fall here in Michigan. Right. uh, Like, even even a time-honored tradition like the auto show couldn't compete, especially if you're making changes to that tradition. And and in January, like you said, it's right after the holidays. There's really nothing going on for for a month after. And on top of that, I I guess it's a very... um, it's it's kind of a downtime for auto sales, so it would give them a little bit of a shot in the arm. And in January, isn't that when the new vehicles debut anyway? I think so. And, and I don't know if that's, they, they you know, they were debuting because a lot of times uh, the companies would wait for the auto show to do the reveals, right. which have been dwindling, which is another reason they tried moving it. But yeah, I, I think the warm weather idea was worth a shot but i i think it's smart that they realize that hey you know this isn't working 
Um, you know, people are people are so entrenched in the idea of going to the auto show in in January that we make, need to make a pivot. Yeah. I, I, you know, good good on them for not being stubborn and digging their heels in and, and trying to force something that that wasn't quite working. Right. You know, my favorite thing about the auto show is what's that? Which even this is weird because I'm allergic to nuts. But the smell of the roasted almonds oh, all the over best, the place. The best. It, it makes me kind of want to risk it all just to have don't, some. Don't do that. Or bring your EpiPen. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. Got my tickets. Got keys, phone, uh, EpiPen. Let's go. <laughs> all right. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And we're heading into JR Morning. Guy Gordon is uh, currently trying to beat the bomb cyclone home from Las Vegas. Gives <laughs> so, a red eye. So that means Uncle jo- Uncle Lloyd and Aunt Jamie are in charge. Yay! You know it. Dad's out. <laughs> Sorry I almost messed, mixed up your pronouns there, but, you know, it's live radio. That's okay. It's all right. Uh, and, and, of course, we're all counting down to uh, this big home playoff game, Matthew Stafford and the Rams coming to town, hosting uh, a playoff game at Ford Field. And uh, I thought we play a little game here. Um, You know, um, Sunday, that's expected to be a $20 million day for bars and restaurants downtown. And, of course, Michigan and the Lions have given sports fans here in Detroit a lot to cheer about. And they left us with some memorable quotes and mottos. So we're going to play a little this or that between the Detroit Lions and the Michigan Wolverines. Okay. We'll start with one word rallying cries. So I'm going to put bet as tweeted by J.J. McCarthy when they found out that Jim Harbaugh had been suspended mid-flight for three games on their way uh, to Penn State. Or what we've been seeing all over the T-shirts and hats for the Detroit Lions, grit. So I'm going to go around the room. Jamie, between grit and bet, what do you think's a better one-word rallying cry? Grit. Lloyd? I agree. Grit. Renee? Grit. Jason? Grit. I agree. I, I, I like <laughs> the spirit behind bet because it's very defiant, and yeah. they obviously uh, use it to carry him to a national title. But I think um, for anyone above college age, it took a little too much explaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Bet? What, what are we betting on? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Kids in their hibbity hop and their tweet spaces. All right. <laughs> Season slogans. We're going to use Dan Campbell's controlled fury or Jim Harbaugh's one track mind. We'll go back. We'll go in reverse order. Jason, controlled fury or one track mind? Absolutely controlled fury. Renee? I, I no one track mind because control fury I can't, I can't comprehend that. <laughs> right, your fury's out of control. Right. <laughs> we win, man. Let's and we got more to go. Woo! <laughs> All right, Lloyd. Controlled fury. Jamie. Controlled fury. I'm gonna go with controlled fury because that's that's my motto for 2022. <laughs> oh, yeah, 2024. Wow. Wow. Right. That was, that's your motto for two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still working on it, as you can tell. All right, and here. I'm uh, this category head scratchers you learn to love. Number one, the Dan Campbell classic biting kneecaps, <laughs> or Jim Harbaugh's enthusiasm enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Jamie, between those two, which do you think's a better head scratcher that we learn to love? I kind of like the Harbaugh thing where he says enthusiasm unbeknownst. Oh. To man. Yeah. My, my mistake. I will write I will change that right now. All right, Lloyd. Well, you're talking about head scratchers. It's gotta be Harbaugh. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I thought you were gonna bring up a chicken thing. Yeah, <laughs> I do like oh. the chicken thing. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing I can compare the chicken thing. I love that. Or the mom in the one piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm changing my mind. Harbaugh's running away with this thing. What about you, Renee? Uh, I still love the the biting kneecaps. Jason, uh, definitely Harbaugh because the the lions have adapted to to that motto. So it's not really head scratch. Right, it, it, right. For maybe the first season and a half, it was a bit of a, a right. head scratcher. Yeah. You know what? Man, I'm learning. I'm an angry person. <laughs> <laughs> Biting kneecaps is great, but enthusiasm unbeknownst to mankind, it's so bombastic and absurd that I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that one. So, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, and it, you know, both guys are masters of branding and messaging mm-hmm. that uh, you know, and 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 that shows how they've been able to turn their respective cultures around. Well, the bars and uh, restaurants should do very well this weekend because it's going to be very cold. Yes. this yeah. weekend, and uh, the game is not until eight o'clock. So, and hopefully for the Rams, it's even colder inside Ford Field. <laughs> Oh, it will be. Now, Jamie, you just rolling right from the game into here. I see that you're going to be doing Yeah, I don't think I'm even going to sleep. Yeah. And, well, and here's it's going to be a lot easier to maybe get through if the Lions win more so than if they lose. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to have Red Bull in here for you. I'm not even going to put that possibility No, I'll take it. You can bring it. (laughs) Okay. All right, fine. All right, Jerry Morty coming up. The Michigan Supreme Court heard arguments from businesses seeking compensation from the state for being shut down during COVID. One of the business lawyers, Keith Ellison, discusses the lawsuit on JR Morning. There are days we would rather forget when basically our economy was shut down and COVID was raging throughout Southeast Michigan and beyond. The world was infected and we were trying to short circuit the spread. But as a result, a lot of business suffered, in some cases, irreparable harm because of those shutdowns. Now, some of them are going to the Michigan Supreme Court asking for compensation for shutdown rules that they felt crossed the line. Phil Ellison is representing them uh, outside legal counsel for this group, and uh, he was uh, engaged in oral arguments before the high state court yesterday and joins us live. Phil, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So I, I guess uh, give, just give us a, a, a taste in the Reader's Digest version about what you told the justices yesterday. Well, I told them that uh, the gyms that I represent throughout the state of Michigan were singled out single-handedly for uh, the shutdown orders that the government imposed during COVID-19. You know, many businesses, as you talked about, had to dial back, you know, had to, had to change the way they did business because of COVID-19. And some of them are even still changed today, but the gyms were completely and utterly shut down and no one was allowed in the front door by order of the government. And so uh, our Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says the government can take your property for an emergency, but if they do, they got to pay just compensation for using your property during that emergency. And that's what we asked the Michigan Supreme Court to rule in our favor. We should point out, too, I have a friend that has a a gymnastics studio, and I had him on the air as a guest during that time. We talked to some gym owners, and they said, look – Inside our space, it's a huge open space. We can socially distance to the max. We could still have been open partially. We could have done this safely. And in the case of the gymnastics school, you're dealing with young people who didn't suffer the effects of COVID due to the effect that older people did. There was kind of a nonsensical point to it. 
Well, and that was why I think the Jim's case is particularly egregious example because, you know, yeah, we didn't know all, we didn't know all the details, but we certainly knew enough back then that we did not need to shut down the gyms for as hard and as long as it, as it that actually occurred. And hey, you know what? Sometimes government needs to take things for emergency, sometimes they, for good or bad reasons. But if they're going to take property, just compensation under the 5th Amendment requires that folks get compensated when it benefits society as a whole. And if folks don't like the way the government shuts down things and ultimately needs to pay for them, they need to make that decision in the ballot box. Um, Phil, I don't, I don't know if there's any type of uh, deadline for the Supreme Court to rule, but I mean, what factors or considerations might influence the justice's decision, and how long is it expected to take to, to uh, have a resolution for this? Well, so the justices can decide today, tomorrow, next week, or in, you, in a few months. Normally, by always, although they always decide things by the end of their session, which is July, but we expect a ruling in the coming couple of weeks as to what they're going to do. Um, this was what we call a MOA case, which is a mini oral argument on application, which allows the justices to kind of feel out to see if they should take these cases. And I think from the questions yesterday, they're going to take some sort of action on this case to remand it back to the, to the trial court. Um, you know, the biggest concern I think that underlies most of this is, you know, they're setting the rule not just for the gyms, but for all businesses when future emergencies come into play. And so they want to make sure to get the get the rule right going forward. Uh, Phil, Justice Elizabeth Welch questioned how the court could allow seeking these reimbursements when she hearkened back to the prohibition era cases. What do you say to that that weren't taken up? Yeah, that. Yeah, and see, that was the, that was an interesting question that went to my uh, uh, brother counsel in the other case. And, you know, those cases, if I had the chance to answer that question, it would have been that at that time, the government didn't seize or shut down the breweries. What they did is they prohibited alcohol. And so it would be no different if, if the government here in COVID-19 said everybody has to stay home, the gyms can't say, or, or any business for that matter, can't say, well, no one's coming to my business now. I'm not making any money. Therefore, it's a taking. In this, those are two distinct ways that the government could have reacted. And the prohibition era cases say, hey, when we shut, when we make something that was a lawful activity illegal, you, just the mere fact that you were operating that kind of business doesn't mean you get to continue to operate that business in that fashion. And those are, there's a fine point distinction there between those two. And uh, I think that's one of the things that didn't come out really clearly with the answer on that. But I, but I suspect uh, the, the, the questions that, we did get the chance to answer, I think, is going to establish that gives all of us the chance, meaning the, the lawyers on the cases, the chance to parcels out uh, back before the trial court. Phil, what do you say to those that say this could have a chilling effect on executives who, in an emergency, uh, who want to err on the side of caution because we don't know what we don't know, that this could chill our ability to address future emergencies that maybe, maybe the next virus that, God forbid, worse than COVID could affect our children, things like that. Will this basically handcuff leaders in the future? The, the, that's the beauty part of this particular style of case that we specifically formulated. This does not handcuff the government from acting in any way. What it says is that whatever action the government decides to do, if a small number of people are disproportionately affected, being gyms, be it, you know, and this is, and again, we're talking COVID-19, but this could be any, any number of circumstances that when you press private property or businesses or people's individual property for the for the benefit of society as a whole society should have to uh, pay back those we uh, we whose property we take
Uh, in terms of reimbursements, how would that work? Say they rule in your favor. Well, that's that's the uh, uh, sixty-four thousand dollar question. These oh, I think it's more than that. That's going to be the hardest question because we haven't had a pandemic-style case like this since before there were even television. Right, the last one was the Spanish flu. And, you know, unfortunately, the, the case law that was in existence then is back when we were running around with horse and buggies. So I think we're going to be cutting new law here one way or the other, depending on how this case comes back from the Michigan Supreme Court. And I don't have all the answers sitting here right now, but what we are asking the, the, the justices of the Supreme Court is, hey, give us our chance to make our arguments to the judge in the right. trial court. Yeah, at least give you a forum to and, – and I think it is a healthy debate – about how we address future emergencies and then compensating businesses for the unintended consequences of them. Phil Ellison, thanks for spending your morning with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.